Today I'll be teaching on, I'll take my teachings from Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. From verse 1. I'll read from verse 1 through to 10. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we, are, we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Let's say that together. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Our Father, we pray that the words we're going to teach today, Lord Father, we minister life to the hearts of your children, and we shall receive revelation of you in your word today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for hearing, for praying in Jesus' name. Okay, so let's go back to verse 1. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, and you hath he quickened. We might not understand or appreciate the beauty of, and you hath he quickened, if we don't go back to Ephesians chapter 1, to see what Paul was saying in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, God was telling the Ephesian church that they have been chosen of God, they have been redeemed by Christ, and they have been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then he was showing them that who they have become in Christ. So here he was telling them that before this happened, before you became this person, before you became his righteousness, you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. I'm sure if um, I decide today I'm going to call everyone out one after the other to start telling of their born again experience what happened how did they become born again i'm sure we're going to hear a series of stories we hear the common one um someone made an altar call i came out and i gave my life to christ we hear the maybe the more spiritual ones the one who want to show they had an experience one man preached and i felt the anointing and i fell and i woke up a new being I'm sure we'll hear the um, somebody came, he ministered, the word was so powerful, he hit me so good, and I went home that day promising myself I'll forget the bad, and I'll, 
and I'll change my life. And we hear someone like us that will say, well, I was born into a Christian family and you know, sometimes you acquire salvation by birth and so I was born into a Christian family. Maybe those that feel it's like acquiring U.S. citizenship, I was born in the U.S., so I'm a U.S. citizen. Uh, I know there are some of us like that here. Anyway, but Paul, Paul was telling the church that we were, before we became alive in Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. If we read through um, verse 2 and verse 3, Paul was telling them that this was our very nature. He was talking to the church. And uh, when he said you were dead in trespasses, that means that you, there was a digression, there was a deviation from a path. That's what trespass means. You deviate from a certain path. So whether you were a Jew and you were under the law, the fact is you were not on the right path of salvation. And whether you were under the law, you were not keeping the law, you are still deviated. You have still trespassed against the law. Or whether you are the Gentile, you were born in sin. Sin was our nature. It says that group together, you were dead in your spirit. You were dead in your trespasses and your sins. So it doesn't matter where, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a moral Buddhist, whether you are born into a Christian family, the truth is, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that nature was that we were dead in our trespasses and we were dead in our sin and that is why we needed a quickening. Are we following? That is why we needed a quickening because we were spiritually dead. And um, Apostle Ayo last Sunday made a depiction with um, some zeal on the floor and that was our very nature. Like we were, because we were dead in spirit, we were not alive to the things of the spirit. The world was, the world will have been going on, happening around you in the spirit, but you were not sensitive enough to it. Because of that nature, we were not sensitive to the thing of God. And just like a dead man cannot of his own power bring himself back to life, that is how it was with us spiritually. Because in that, our sinful nature, it was impossible for us to please God. So it was, it was impossible for us to be alive to the knowledge of God because we are dead in our spirit. Are we following? Hallelujah. And like I said, verse, verse 2 and 3 showed us that this was our very nature. It was inherent in us. Hallelujah. Uh, in, that nat- in that nature, we lost the relationship with God. In that nature, we lost a fellowship with God. If, it, if you follow me to the book of Genesis chapter 3 in verse 9 and 10 when um, God had that fellowship with Adam, that relationship with Adam, he said he brought the um, animals to Adam for him to name them, they had that constant relationship, they had that fellowship but when Adam fell and God came and he said Adam, where are you? Adam said he's hiding because he's naked he lost that relationship with God and that fellowship was no longer there. So when God called, Adam was hiding. So that in that instant, that fellowship, that relationship was already lost right from the very beginning. We lost that relationship with God. Adam could not come boldly as he used to before God because he had fallen. He was now conscious of his sin. So that death came at that beginning, that separation came at that beginning when Adam lost his relationship with God. Hallelujah. So we have that inherent nature inside of us to repel the things of God. 
Adam could not come because he had fallen. So his nature was now to repel any relationship with God. He was dead in his spirit. So naturally, he repelled having a fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in that nature, we became aware to fulfill the desires of the flesh. If you turn to, and we'll be reading a lot of scriptures today. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. It says, the mind governed by the spirit is hostile. The, the NIV version. It said, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Romans 8, 7. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So on our own, in that our dead nature, we naturally, it's inherent in us to fulfill the desires of the flesh and reject the things of God. Are you following my point? Hallelujah. So I wrote here that the dead nature is insensible and insensitive to the thing of God. John 3, 6 says, what is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. It is impossible for the flesh to fulfill the desires of the spirit because what? It is flesh. Hallelujah. Okay. And let's go to verse um, 4. So now we understand the nature that we had being dead in the spirit, that nature to naturally repel the things of God. We are dead in our sins. No. No. Ephesians chapter 2. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, as he quickened us together in Christ. That nature that we had did not stop God from loving us. That sinful nature that we had acquired through Adam did not stop God from loving us. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ said he hadn't come to call the righteous, but call the sinners to repentance. The depth of our sin, the death and the deadness and the hopelessness of that our very, very nature showed us the depth of the love that God had for us. God didn't push us away. In fact, that while we were in that sinful dead state, God showed his love towards us. The depth of our, our sin revealed the depth of God's love for us. And that is why we should learn to, we should appreciate the love that God has for us. It wasn't, it wasn't because of our behavior. Our behavior did not determine his grace. Our behavior did not determine our salvation. Our, our behavior did not determine his love towards us. It was left to him because of our very nature. The same way it's in our nature to repel him. It should have been in the nature of God to repel us because we were sinned. We were, we were in flesh. Let me show you something in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. Now, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Now, underline spirit. My spirit, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is, for that he also is flesh. My spirit shall not strive with man, for that he's also flesh. Now, if you go down, if you go down to verse 7, 
My spirit shall not always strive with man, for there is also flesh. Now the Lord said, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. I will destroy man whom I have created. Go to verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I've mentioned it here before that this is the first place that grace was mentioned in the Bible. My spirit shall no longer strive with man, for he is also flesh. God said, I will destroy man whom I have chosen. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And in the next chapter, verse 13, if you go to now, it said, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh. God said he was going to destroy man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And now God said, he didn't, he didn't tell Noah I would destroy man. He said, I would destroy the end of all flesh is, is come. That was the enmity. The enmity with God was not man. The enmity with God was flesh. He said, my spirit shall not strive with man. For that he is also flesh. But Noah found grace. And now... God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come. That is, that is, this is the point I'm trying to establish that. It's not, God didn't have a problem with man. As a matter of fact, God loved man. And the depth of our sin revealed the depth of God love, God's love for us. But God had a problem with flesh. The flesh that we had acquired by the fall of Adam, God had a problem with it. That was what caused the separation between us and God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, as like I said, God said, um, Jesus said he didn't come to call the righteous, but he came to call sinners to repentance. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sin, hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. Verse 6. And hath raised us together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now verse um, 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. I'll come back to this. Verses. Now verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. This is the message that we believe in the standpoint church. That we are saved by grace through faith, and it's not of our own works. It is a gift. It is a gift of God. Hallelujah. Now, t- Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. He didn't say had appeared to those who were, who were born in a Christian family. He didn't say the grace had appeared to those who have a moral conscience. He says that the grace of God have appeared to all men. So even that grace is available for the Muslim today. That grace is available for the Buddhist. That grace is available for whatever religion you come from. That grace is available. Say the grace is available for me. The grace is available for me. He says, but, verse, verse, verse Ephesians 2, 8. 
it says for by grace are ye saved through faith what makes us different the grace has appeared to all men yes but we have access to that grace because of what because of faith so the grace has appeared to everyone but is not is not is not is not acceptable to everybody it becomes accepting to us through faith and that is what makes us different from every other person that is out there and the bible says and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god what makes us different is that we have heard the word of god we have believed and now we have access to his grace that's what makes us different from every other person it's just, it's just let me for example we all know that um let me use a good example we all we all know we can make calls right we all but um, if i want to call my my mother in lagos i'm not going to stand there and start shouting and say the network is here so i can i can call she can hear me and i stand in church and i'm shouting hey mommy how are you it's not it's not possible but it is there right it's there and then the means you have is is your phone so the grace is there and christ is here we have our phone abi but is you won't just carry an empty phone and say hello i want to call my mother what you need you need a sim still so you can make a call you have a phone but you still need a sim the grace is there the christ is there but you still need faith to assess that grace do we follow you still need faith to assess that grace and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and um it's in um i think hebrews 10 or romans 10:14 that says how can they hear except we tell them so you have to hear the word of god because if before you are able to activate that faith do we understand you need to hear the word of god because like i said earlier the the nature of man is spiritually dead so in that very nature it's impossible for you to muster enough faith or enough belief for you to for you for you to accept the word of god you need to hear the word of god first when you hear the word faith comes by hearing when you hear the word your faith now gets activated do you understand when you get the, when you get the word you now receive that light you now have a revelation of christ in your spirit and then the, the word of god quickens that spirit and it is at that point you can have that faith to accept the word of god to accept what you are hearing so don't it's not is not is not by being is not by having a morally right conscience that you is a morally right conscience is not is not a premise is not a is not a precondition for your salvation and that's because that that conscience that you have was even acquired by sin in the first place so that sinful conscience is not enough to to energize you to believe because that conscience was acquired by sin in the first place when adam was created in the garden in that nature adam was adam was holy adam adam couldn't sin he didn't have a conscience he didn't know the difference between good and evil why because he hadn't yet eaten the fruit that god said you must not eat this fruit so in that nature it was impossible for him to to have a conscience to disobey it was when when he fell that's when he acquired that conscience because he was naked before he didn't he didn't he, he but he had no knowledge of it it was when he when he fell when he acquired flesh that's when he became conscious that oh i'm naked and what he went into hiding and that is how that's why when he says we walked according to 
the, the course of this world. That's how, that's how the, the world system has been built to make us believe that we have offended God. We don't have access to God. We, you, must, you, must, you must walk before you are paid. You must, you must suffer small before you, before you blow. You, but you, have to, you have to suffer small. You can't just wake up and, and blow like that. No. You must suffer. You must pay the price and it's so, that, so that you have story to tell. You must have paid the price. Yes, I, I have suffered. I, I, I am worthy to be here. Give me my glory. It's not easy. You know, that's, that's the way the world system has, has conditioned our mind. That's why even when you preach this grace message, it's, it's, it's hard for people to understand it. Ah, just like that. Just like that. I don't need to do anything. I should just say, yes, I believe. It's, it's, it's too good to be true. That no, it's not. It's not possible. It's not possible. I must. I must. I must do something. Even if I must come to church, they don't believe that I'm talking to you one on one, and I just lay my hands on you and say, "Believe you be pastor." No, yeah, I must come to church. They just believe that you have to. I have to do something. I have to be in a very holy environment so that. And some feel no. If 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 man of God touch me and I have not fallen under the anointing, I'm not healed. Is is too good to be true? That I just have to believe that he says go. Is, is well with you. No. Mm-mm. Pastor, pray. You, you can't, you, it, that's, it, that's the way the, the world has conditioned our, that's the way the world has conditioned our mind. He has given us that conscience that make us fight the things that are true. And it's because of that very, that dead nature that we have that naturally repels the things of God. Do we understand? Hallelujah. Now, um, but when you, when you hear the word of God, it's like is like a light opens up on your inside. Second Corinthians four six. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. It's when you hear that word, thou thou light comes out out of that dead nature out of that dead spirit this life that is the gospel this this life that is the true life this light that is the true light now shines out of that darkness and that's when that's when your your spirit man becomes activated and then you are able you are able to believe hallelujah i wrote down here that um you won't desire the grace of god until god gives you the grace to desire it's impossible to desire that grace until God gives you, until you hear that word. And through that word, God gives you that grace to desire. Do we, do we understand? It's not just enough snapping fingers and nodding head. You need to understand what that means. You won't desire the grace of God until God gives you the grace to desire. John 6, 44 says, no one, no one comes to me except the Father draws him. It is that drawing, it is that grace to desire that now gives you the, 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 the desire for grace. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Um, let's see um, 2 Peter 1.19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye will do well that ye take heed. Ye will do well that ye you hear this word we are talking about, this word is the revelation of the, we have a more reliable revelation of the mind and the will of God. 
and it will do well for you to hear this word. Take ye heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. That's, that's what we are saying. When you hear this word, that light comes out of a dark place. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. If you listen to what we are saying, we were dead in sin. We couldn't in our own self activate enough faith because of our nature to believe the things of God. But when we hear the word of God, a light shines in the darkest part of our heart. The real light shines in the dark part of our heart and then we are able to believe. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the next verse 9. For by grace, 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. Yeah, for by grace are ye saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've talked about it. It's not, it's not, by, your, it's not by your behavior. It's not that you, I don't, I don't lie. No, you, if you ask me something, I tell you the truth. So when, even when God comes and he asks me, am I going to heaven? Because I can't lie. I will tell him, yes, so I'm going to. It's not, it's not by that. It's not by that. It's not by, it's, it's not by anything you have done. It's not by, it's not by, it's not by what you have, it's not by the family you were born in. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It's not of works. Like any man should move, your moral conscience is not a prerequisite for your salvation. No, 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 not, not at all. It has nothing to do with you. God is, Jesus is the author and the finisher. His, his word starts it. So it's, it's, not, it's not about you. Not, that doesn't mean you don't have a role to play. No. You have to, you have, you, you, when, when the word comes, you have to believe. So don't, don't just say, no, I have, I have no role to play. I had this discussion with Pastor Phil. He says, when God calls you, you can't say no. So you have to, you have to answer. You have to answer in the first place. So you, you still have a role to play, even though God is the author and is the finisher, but you still have a role to play. Hallelujah. So he says, not of works, let any man should boast. Verse um, 10. Now this is this is the beauty. For we are, for we are. Let me know. Let my Yoruba nature not come out. Um, remove that from the recording, please. For we, for we are, his workmanship. At least the Yoruba. No, no. But it's, it's still better than the TV one. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I know. I'm a witness. The the light of that knowledge. I have it. The Yoruba accent is better than the Tiv accent. For we are his workmanship. Though we, were, though we were dead in sin, through faith we became alive in Christ. And now that new creature has become his workmanship. You say, I am God's workmanship. I am, I am God's masterpiece. I am, I am God's work of art. That we are his workmanship, and that it, it means it means God God is satisfied with you, the way you are, like that, short and black. God is satisfied with you, just like that. Not you don't you don't have to be tall and fair. God is satisfied with you. You don't you don't you don't have to be you don't you you don't you don't you don't have to be sin conscious. God is satisfied with you like that. You don't have to be too aware of your sins. God is God is satisfied with you. And what what more what more peace can we have knowing that though I am like this, though I was like this, but now God is satisfied with me. He's 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 full. God don't belly full on top of my matter. 
Mm. You see, there are some things that is only pigeon that can help you carry the weight. God is full. He's satisfied. He doesn't, he doesn't want another, another cup of water. He, he's satisfied. Your praises are enough for him. Your worship is enough for him. God is satisfied with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me show. Um, Nato was telling me it's, it's almost time. So, well, uh, the, the, I checked the Greek word for workmanship. The Greek word was poema. That, that means work of art or a thing of beauty. God, God looks at you and he's, he's happy. Just God is, even God that created you, this new creation, God is in awe of it. He, he's satisfied with you. Let me show you something in Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. We have been declared righteous. Hallelujah. I, I have been declared righteous. Ezekiel 36 verse 26. Sorry, verse 25. Let's start from 25. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. And Pastor Philos taught, taught us that the water is significant of the word, right? I will sprinkle clean water upon you and it shall be clean. Uh, Jesus was talking to... Um, Jesus was talking in John, I think, 15 verse 3. He says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. I, th- I thought about it and I said, when all those, um, when, when, the, when the sinners, when the people that needed healing came, and they said, um, God, heal me. God said, Jesus said, do you believe? And he says, go, your faith has made thee whole. If, if, Christ was preach, if Christ was there to preach, the Lord would say, okay, you need to go and um, buy one clean goat take it to the, go and make sacrifice. But he, but he said, go. Because what? Because you believe. Go. Your faith has made thee whole. Hallelujah. I'll come back shortly to that. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all, all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put in you and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh hallelujah that, 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 don't uh, mistake that flesh I will give you a softer heart I will, a, a heart that is receptible a heart that is receptible to my word a heart that will accept my word and I will give you a heart of flesh verse 27 I will put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my, in my statues and you shall keep my judgments and do them. I will put my spirit, my own spirit, I'll put it in you. Isn't God satisfied with you when his own spirit is on your inside? I will put my spirit in you, within you and cause you. So when you are doing something you think your mind is telling you to do, is God causing you to walk? It's not, it's not you. Do you understand? It's not you. And cause you to walk in my churches and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we, we become his workmanship. 
that that spirit who was who was dead in sin becomes dead to sin. You are no longer dead in sin. You are dead to sin. You are legally divorced from sin. Legally. In Romans 7, um, Paul was making um, a description with a woman that was married. She can't marry another person until she, she's, she, until the, she can't marry another person until her husband is dead. He used an example like that. When God, Paul now said, we have become dead to sin. So when sin is looking for you, he won't see you. You are dead to sin. So you are no longer, it, you, it, it doesn't recognize you again. You are dead. So why are you still conscious of sin? Sin that cannot even find, sin that considers you dead. If, I, if somebody is alive and I say this person is dead to me, the person is no longer relevant. I don't see that person. This person has become dead to me. So why? Why are you, so, why are you bothering yourself? Why are you still sin conscious? The sinner, the sinner who was dead in sin becomes dead to sin. The sinner who was drunk in iniquity starts thirsting after the things of God. The sinner who was working against God now starts to conform to the things of God. That is the workmanship. That is the work of art. The sinner who, whose flesh was working against the spirit now has the flesh subdued by my spirit. I'll put my spirit in you. That, that your flesh that was working against your spirit, your spirit now subdues the flesh. That's why God is satisfied with you. Hallelujah. Say, God is satisfied with me. God is satisfied with me. As long as we continue to, to walk under grace, we can never, as long as you are grace conscious, as long as you are working under grace, you can't fall back to the law. It's impossible. You can't fall, you can't be sin conscious. Um, the command, Pastor has told us the commandments of of grace are even greater than the commandments of the law. The law says, um, thou shalt not kill. Grace says, if you are angry with your brother, that means you have killed him. That means, under grace, if you are not angry in the first place, you cannot kill your brother. As long as you're working under grace, you can't fall back to the law. If you are not angry, you can't kill. So as long as you remain in grace, it's impossible for you to fall back to the law. It, 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 it says um, you must not commit, we commit adultery. Grace says you must not look at a woman lustfully. So if you don't lust, you cannot commit adultery in the first place. So as long as you remain under grace, you cannot fall back to the law. Hallelujah. Christ didn't come, Christ didn't come to, to, to let, let me show you something. Take me to uh, Matthew chapter 5. I'll make this last point. Christ didn't come to, to, to preach the law. He came to abolish the law. He came to divorce us from the law. Matthew 5 chapter 17. It says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. Follow me closely. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy but to fulfill. Now verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one uh, tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all be fulfilled. Christ said, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophet, but I have come to fulfill it. That means that, that word there, fulfill, in the Greek term is plero. That means to complete, to make full of. That means the law in itself was not even complete in the first place. That's why the blood of goats and bull could not cleanse your sin, because that covenant was not in itself complete. So Christ says, I have come to complete the law. So the law in itself was incomplete. Christ came to complete.
are you following me till christ came to complete that's why it could not cleanse your sins because that covenant in itself was not complete and now christ now said i establish a new covenant this is the blood of a new covenant and then um in amen hallelujah and then in it now says that by by calling by calling this covenant new he has made the old absolute he has made it had made it obsolete <laughs> hallelujah so christ came to complete the law he now says that for very i say unto you till heaven and earth shall pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled so if christ has come to complete the law that means the law has passed he says it will not pass until it is fulfilled so if, if it is fulfilled what happens it has passed so legally christ divorced us from the law legally it, he fulfilled it he completed it and then he established a new covenant adam was the legal representative of the old covenant but christ has come to establish a new covenant and divorce us from the law he came with grace and reversed the condemnation of the law so you are you are you are god is satisfied with you you are you are good before god you are pleasant before god don't leave this place thinking god is angry with you no in standpoint god is happy with you just the way you are god is happy with you christ has established a new covenant and a debt will not be replayed twice he has paid it it is gone he has fulfilled it he has he has ended it we are done with it and this came by faith through christ and christ makes made us the workmanship of god hallelujah